All right, and welcome back to another episode of Lions Guy Podcast, where we take on topics in performance and personal growth by exploring success stories and the lessons learned of those stories. Uh, we also interview expert guests and often review books and other resources that will help us all establish clarity, build courage, and lead. I'm your host, Dale Walls, founder of Lions Guide and a certified high-performance coach. And on this episode, we meet with Sergeant Major Mike Burke, and Mike has served in the United States Army for 23 years. 16 of which was in special operations, specifically the 75th Ranger Regiment. Uh, he's had 14 deployments with that amazing unit and, and was the uh, 33rd Regimental of the 2nd Cavalry Regiment and currently serving as the 1st Security Forces Assistant Brigade's Command Sergeant Major at Fort Benning, Georgia. Uh, Mike has his master's degree in organizational leadership from Excelier College and is the founder and former host of Kill Tank Radio and a regular contributor to From the Green Notebook website and podcast. Uh, Mike is also the founder and co-owner of the Always in Pursuit podcast uh, with his wife, Sarah Burke, of eight years. So on this episode, Mike and I discuss his story of leadership and high performance and the lessons he's learned in his journey. If you like the sound of that, hit that subscribe button now so you don't miss any of our other great guests and content. Uh, as always, this podcast is sponsored by Lions Guide. And if you've been tuning in and getting value from the show, you know, please support the podcast by going to lionsguide.com and subscribing to our email list, uh, becoming a member of our private community, or even applying for a group or one-on-one -on -one coaching with me, Dale Walls. Aside from our services, we've got some cool Lions Guide gear out there. So you can check that out as well and show off your pride of living a life of courage, clarity, and leadership. With that, let's start the show. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Lions Guy Podcast. And today on the show, we've got Mr. Mike Burke, who's really a knowledgeable leader, also a high performer. So I wanted to get him on and share the wealth because in the little amount of time that I've known Mike, I've, you know, not only been sharing notes on this this journey that we're, that we're both on because he's the host of the uh, Always in Pursuit podcast, but, you know, uh, finding fellow high performers, guys passionate about leadership, I always find, get a lot of wealth out of these guys. So I wanted to get him on the show. And uh, Mike, tell us a little bit about yourself and what do you do? Yeah. Hey, you know, Dale, I really appreciate you having me on. So, um, you know, I'm currently in the Army. Um, I'm a Command Sergeant Major uh, over at uh, 1st Security Forces Assistance Brigade uh, here at Fort uh, Fort Benning, Georgia. Uh, you know, I spent the bulk of my career um, actually at the 75th Ranger Regiment over at 275, which is up in Washington State. Um, you know, but I grew up in Montana. Um, you know, I struggled as a teenager. Uh, you know, as I talk about, a lot about it in the podcast, you know, struggling a little bit about, uh, you know, who I was and, you know, who, what I was all about. You know, I was kind of a, a drifter kid, a lone kid. You know, I didn't really have anybody that I fell into a bucket with. I wasn't part of the athletes, you know, I wasn't part of the band or, you know, anything else. Um, and, you know, part of that was, you know, just a little bit of my upbringing of who I was. But also, you know, the big part of it was is I just worked. I worked a lot. You know, um, I was always interested in, you know, trying to make money and, you know, go out on my own. Um, part of that was necessity, you know, because I don't come from, you know, money. You know, my parents were always kind of struggling to make ends meet, you know, so contributing to the household there. Uh, but, you know, part of it was, is, you know, just things that kind of happened to me when I was a kid. You know, I had a lot of trust issues, um, you know, different different people taking advantage of me and, you know, different things kind of happening. You know, I struggled with who I was, which is, you know, what kind of led me into the army. 
Um, you know, I did have kind of the, you know, I don't claim to be, tell, you know, incredibly intelligent. Um, I also don't create to be, you know, some super athlete. Uh, but I did realize, you know, I looked at kids that had graduated before me, you know, and I looked at my small town. It's a very small town. And people that graduated before me, uh, you know, I looked and I saw what they were doing. And I was like, well, they're not doing anything. You know, they're doing the same dang thing they were doing in high school. They just work at, you know, the concrete, you know, place or the beet farm, you know, that's no, you know, my town's known for, or, you know, working for the gas company. Like, you know, that's what everybody did. And I was like, man, that is not what I want to do. You know, if I'm going to make something of myself, you know, in this life, if I'm going to finally fulfill my sense of, you know, or my lack of self-worth, it's not going to happen in this hometown. Um, you know, and, and I also had kind of runnings with, you know, some individuals that probably weren't the best influences. Um, you know, I did some stupid things as a kid, as most of us do. Um, so, you know, that's that's kind of why I joined the Army. And, uh, you know, I joined the Army to kind of run away from my past, but then also run to, hey, the army will provide me with purpose. You know, it'll give me something. And, you know, I had the belief that if I work my ass off, um, then I can make something of myself. And, you know, that still kind of holds true today, you know, and it's one thing that I just absolutely love about the army. You know, it's not that the army doesn't have its issues. I mean, there's honestly, there's nothing in the world that doesn't have its issues, no organization that doesn't have its issues. Um, but, you know, you're promoted and, you know, things happen for you and you're given opportunities because of your ability to work and get shit done, you know, and maintain the standards. And that's just really honestly kind of what I did. And, you know, I really was not much of a leader um, until later on in my career. I didn't really kind of hit my leadership stride um, until I would honestly say probably kind of about 2007 uh, time frame, you know, I joined in 1998 when I was thrown into a next level of leadership because of an injury of, you know, my, uh, my platoon sergeant uh, on a deployment. I was thrown into a leadership position that I was like, man, I got to figure this leadership out. You know, I got to figure this thing out. And that's where I really started to educate myself. And I started to look into principles and attributes of what makes good leadership. And it's really honestly just been a journey since then where I've invested my whole self, you know, eventually getting my, you know, master's degree in organizational leadership because I just recognize that, hey, you know, as a good leader or as a leader, you know, you can have an impact. It's your choice if it's going to be a positive one. Um, or, it, you know, the other option is it's going to be a negative one and people are going to remember you and they're going to be impacted by you and they're going to make decisions in their life based on kind of your leadership prowess. So, you know, I really just kind of invested in it in the last five years. Um, I've invested in the, you know, the kind of the thought. And I know a lot of people talk about it. They talk about it different ways, you know, being transparent, vulnerabilities, all these different kind of things. But, you know, I try to kind of simplify it a little bit that. Hey, to establish connections, you know, you need to have real conversations, you know, and you got to be able to communicate, hey, this is some of the things that I struggle with, some of the issues that I have. I don't have all the answers. However, I might not totally understand because I've never been through the exact situation you have. However, I do have the this thing that happened and it became a huge thing for me. So let me kind of influence you and let me kind of help you through that process and give you some mentorship and everything else. But I also think there's some trust that's actually built there. So, you know, that's kind of, you know, in a long and the short kind of the influence and, you know, the, the, the background of what, you know, I kind of came up in. And what, how'd you stumble? Like, what was the trigger? Like, was your family, what made you 
join the army? Was it because of an influence from family or the recruiter got you on a good day in the, the cafeteria or what? So I joke about it. I actually joined the army off a lie. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, a relative of mine was uh, self-proclaimed to be in Ranger Regiment. Okay. And he was a Ranger through and through. And I was 12 years old. The first time I saw him uh, with the Black Beret, we had the Black Beret at the time, you know, the Ranger scroll and all this stuff. And I was just completely enamored with it. Um, not only just the military, but then also being a Ranger. Um, so that, you know, I kind of made the decision when I was about 12 that, hey, I was going to join the Army and also I was going to be an Airborne Ranger. Um, and I say that that's a lie because come to find out many, many years later, uh, he was not a ranger. Uh, he was actually a military police. Um, and all the things that he had, uh, said he'd done actually never happened. Um, so, you know, I, I, am <laughs> thankful for it though, because, sure. um, I would not have taken the journey that I did. So I did not actually, you know, I didn't, I had a terrible recruiter, you know, he was drunk as shit, you know, when I was sitting there trying to talk to him and he didn't actually even want to, you know, give me a ranger contract. So I went and I was like, well, that's fine. You know, I'll just go talk to the Marines. So I went to talk to the Marines and, you know, I sat down with this gunny, you know, and I was like, you know, it was kind of funny. I feel bad now, like kind of looking at it because this guy's like probably at the time was like, oh, man, I got this guy like he's all in because, you know, I was just asking all the right questions and everything else. And then this, you know, this recruiter came back in, you know, because the offices were connected and he kind of knocked. He's like, hey, I think I can make this happen. And I was like, hey, thanks, Gunny. I'll talk to you later. And I walked back out and he didn't give me a ranger contract. What he got me was an airborne contract. Uh, but I figured, Hey, you know, they're probably at airborne school looking for rangers. You know, I'll figure out a way to kind of get into the, the ranger side of things. And that's exactly what happened. So the, the uh, it's interesting, right? Like here's, here's one for you, right? You see all these heroes, right? And two things, right? Like, and I'm talking the Lance Armstrongs, the Tiger Woods, and, and people put these folks on like a big pedestal. And then they find out there's some behind the scenes thing or it's all been a lie or whatever. Yeah. And it's like they get so distraught about it. And I always kind of answer to those conversations. I go, hey, look, so what? Like, what's that got to do with you? Like, you admired this person for these achievements. Um, they set an example and you got inspired by them. And maybe it, in, like in your case, like your cousin or whatever it was made this story up and it inspired yeah. you and you took action yeah, right. on it. That's all about you. Like, and cause, cause look, you know, you see this stuff and people get all distraught and they're like, the world is over. Like, no, man, it, it's your world. You're on a path. And so what, you know, what, whatever they do, they like, you know, and it's, I guess it's just the emphasis, you know, and because we'll, we'll talk a lot about leadership today. I just kind of always go back to like, hey, man, just lead yourself, worry about you, like other, let other people. And I don't even mean because people are going to twist this a little bit to think like I'm saying just be all about you and no one else. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying you got to be about you first and you can't let what other people are doing impact your mission, right? Like you've got to lead your mission, period. And yes, hopefully you can lead others and help and support and, and encourage others along the way. But our yeah. our influencers can fail us. Our leaders can fail us. And that doesn't mean we have to fail, quit, give up, whatever the case may be. You know, the way we see with some of these like distraught events when you find out like 
these pedestal people are actually perfectly human after all. You know what I mean? Uh, this is a conversation I've actually had a few times. Um, guess what? Everybody is imperfect. There's no such thing as a perfect person. And, you know, you talk about influencers or idols, like they're going to fail you. Something's going to happen. And it might not even be by their own hands. It might just be some external factor that makes, you know, a reaction, you know, outside the norm happen. And, you know, they'll have a fall from grace or it's, you know, you just look at it. It's happened multiple times with people that, you know, they invest in, they look at, you know, and they, you know, they fall by the sword. I mean, I can, I can speak for myself. I mean, people, mentors I've had, you know, that I've struggled because of something that happened, you know, they lost, you know, kind of that respect and, you know, whatever I thought of them because of some misstep they had, you know, and it's funny that you bring up like current influencers and, there's, you know, there's, there's a couple that, I, you know, I currently think of, and I, I know that, you know, a lot of people quote them and they share things about them and everything else. And that's great. Um, but I could tell you stories that would make you instantly like, just stop following all those individuals, like right now, never, ever block them. Like you never, ever want to read another thing about those individuals, because guess what? Like they're not who they proclaim to be, you know, they're not as tough. And, you know, and courageous is, is people they let on to believe. But here's what I've kind of come to the conclusion of. It doesn't matter. They're inspiring people. They're motivating people. They are calling people to action and they're making people move forward. So good. Okay. So maybe they're not who they, we think they are or, you know, proclaim to be and everything else, but that's okay. That's okay. You know, but I would encourage people that, hey, you can't put all your belief in a system, or I'm sorry, in a person. Instead, you need to, you know, invest in kind of the system or the overall message. You know, when I talk about always in pursuit, you know, the big thing, you know, because we got, you know, we've got a creative person that kind of helps us out with that. Um, you know, we have a producer and then, you know, my wife's got a huge hand in it, you know, and then we've got a couple other people that contribute to the blog. You know, a lot of people were like, hey, listen, like you're kind of the face behind the brand. And I'm like, I can't be. Like I literally just can't be because that's set up for failure. If it's if a system, and this goes to leadership, this goes to mentorship, this goes to organizational. If it's tied to a person, if a system's tied to a person, what happens when it fails? That person fails. I could get hit by a train tomorrow. Does that mean that everything dies along with it? It can't and it shouldn't. But in order to do that, then that means that there has to be multiple angles to it and there has to be multiple people contributing to it so that if something does happen to a one, it'll continue forward. And I think that kind of ties into, you know, my leadership philosophy as well is, is that your investment's got to be so, you got to sow so many seeds and, you know, and it's just got to be huge and depthful um, in, in, in what you do that if one thing doesn't happen, doesn't sprout, or one thing just kind of fails, there's a million other aspects of it that can kind of pick up for it and continue to move the ball forward. Yeah, I, I can relate to that. And, it, you know, on the, 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 the persona thing, you know, I guess at the end of the day, right, you know, it's, it's all about the story, right? The value is in yeah. the story. And, and stories can be fiction or nonfiction. So regardless you know, and, and, and look, I'm a, I'm a big truth guy, but again, it, that, it, it's because, it, you know, one of my core values is establishing clarity. And I think you can't have clarity if you don't have truth, you know, as an example. Yeah, that's fair. So, right. so I, I do, but I think that's in this case, right. 
you know, um, even I'm being served by these stories that are inspiring um, and they're inspiring stories. So, I, but the value is the story. If you find out it's not true. Yeah, I hear you. But if it's, I guess that's that. Like, leave it at that. Like, you don't need to dig deeper. Like, you know, I want to know yeah. more, and I want to, I want to disprove this or whatever. Like, hey, just let let the story be told. Whatever, um, yeah. let it serve you. Um, it's yeah, it's interesting. And, and you're right. I think the thing with the the system stuff, I you know, I, I was crossed with this too. I guess in this influencer space, and I guess when I set out to do this as well. I'm with you. And, and I'm glad you brought that up because I did Lion's Guide as opposed to Dale Walls, right? Like you see a lot of like named yeah. stuff and having built a business before exactly what you say is a hundred percent true. Like the business can't be the person because when that person ends, that business ends. Um, and, and, and also you can't be the one doing it all. I don't know. I mean, I think you can serve it in, as a, as a leader and, and, and a, a big part of the brand and all that stuff. But if you are the brand, it's, it's got a shelf life, um, you know, to a degree. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, we all have a shelf life, you know, but I mean, I think all of us desire to have things continue on past us, you know, to leave, you know, a legacy, you know, and it continues to add people or, you know, adds value to people. And that's the big reason that I do what I do is I want to add value to people's lives. Well, that can be a singular approach where it's just in the here and the now. I want it to be something, you know, that's why the podcast was a huge thing for me because it will exist for always. It will always exist. You know, there could be, you know, and I don't, who knows how it'll exist and, you know, how digital media will be, you know, 40 years from now, but maybe 40 years from now, somebody's going to listen to it and go, wow, that's exactly what I needed to hear in that moment from that person to decide to make a, you know, a change in my life and in my lifestyle, you know, and that's, that's amazing to think of, but that also is a huge responsibility at the same time, you know, and, you know, I know you and I know, and I've talked about that before that it is a huge responsibility, especially when people, um, you know, start to really, you know, reach out to you and say how much it means to them. It's, it's wild. And, and I tell every guest this and people I talk to, it's like, Whatever we say, wherever this conversation goes, it's going to serve someone at some point, yeah, you know, absolutely. it might be on the release. It might, like you said, might be 10 years down the line or whatever, but you know, you and I might not even think there was any value in a certain part of this conversation or on our podcast, but all of a sudden, boom, you get this message, you know, and I, and we get them and, and you're like, wow, you know, and it's just, it's very rewarding, but, and, and that's why, I, again, I, I, I agree. Like I enjoy having these conversations because people need to hear it. It's going to serve someone out there is yeah. going to hear something and it's, it's just going to click and boom, you know, because look, that's what I've gotten out of this stuff. Like that's kind of what also got me on this journey as well, because on the streets, I would be talking to people about various content books or whatever. And, and I would be talking about some of the stuff and they would have never heard it. And I was yeah. like, well, I want to, I want to broadcast this more. How can I meet more people and you know, put more of this stuff that's serving me out there? Because you're right. It's, this isn't all about what you and I know. It's about sharing the wealth of the things we've learned and, and making sure other people hear them from, from another angle, right? You know, these, this, yeah. this personal development stuff and all that, like, like I said, we're, we're just soldiers in that good fight. So we're, we're helping bringing other angles and perspectives really to the same lessons that are throughout our human history, right? This, this, any, yeah. how, how to survive and thrive in life, how to do that is not new, right? Like, you know, people didn't just figure that out in the last, 
since the internet came out 15 years or 20 years ago, whatever, right? It's we are just now have another channel and an angle to deliver that information to those who are ready to hear it, you know? Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, the other thing that, you know, we talked about, you know, your podcast, JTEGS, you know, United Valor, which we're all starting to kind of work with now, you know, and then I got Ben Horton, you know, who I, I've kind of, you know, he's helped a lot in my, you know, the start of my podcast, you know, he actually goes back to 2019 when he actually started his, but I think the other big part of it is, is, and it's something that you talked about is, is these relatable guests that we have on, you know, they're not this, these high level, you know, accomplishing these amazing things and making billions of dollars and everything else. These are people that we have on our podcast that are still in the hunt. They're still trying to kind of grind through things and figure things out. And I think there's just some relatedness that happens with the people and they're going to be more relatable to people. At least that's kind of got the feet, you know, the feedback that I've got is that I've not been interviewing people and I've not been sitting down with people and I'm sure in the heck not, you know, this person that's kind of arrived at this level of greatness. Hey, we're still grinding it. We're still trying to kind of figure it out. And it has huge value to our audience base. Yeah. You know, uh, I did a podcast uh, with a guy named Matt Hanna, who's got this nonprofit organization called Next One Up. And I just love the philosophy, which was like, we're all in this climb, you know, but mm-hmm. we all also yeah. have a responsibility to reach back and help the next one up. Right. So yeah, we're absolutely. all still climbing. Right. We're, we're not at yeah. the top, you, you know, and uh, and and that's that's a part of this. Like, I feel like. Yeah, have I learned a lot of stuff and whatever? Yeah, and I want to share that, but I'm still growing. I'm not, I'm, I, and I make mistakes every day. I've made a ton of mistakes along the way. I'm gonna make more mistakes in the future. Um, you know, I and and part of that big thing is overcoming the fear of making these mistakes. Go make the mistakes, man. Like go, yeah, go mess up and learn. Like keep keep growing. That's that's the only way you're gonna learn. Go make. Go yeah, make you know, mistakes. fail fast. You know, that's been kind of our theme and always in pursuit all week is. You know, so we had this amazing author that I was introduced to uh, named Mark Jacobson. Um, you know, he's just an awesome individual. And, you know, he wrote a book, you know, about failure. And, you know, the the bottom line is, is that, hey, failure is going to happen. Like, we're all going to fail. We're all going to make mistakes. You know, uh, we've all had podcast episodes that have just went off the rails or you forget to record or the auto doesn't turn out or, you know, whatever happens. But what did you learn from it? You know, and did you annotate the mistakes and did you, you know, get better? Did you grow from it? But then also, you know, throwing yourself into it, you know, while I had, you know, podcast experience where I was a host before I launched my first one, you know, um, in January of this year, but the whole production side of it, oh my gosh, I didn't know a dang thing, you know, music and incorporating that intros, intro, you know, uh, outros, all this different kind of stuff. And then, you know, trying to make it where it wasn't this huge, you know, editing, you know, nightmare that I had to kind of do uh, was a process. And it's funny, I go back and I listen to the first couple uh, podcasts. And if honestly, if I could just delete my my voice out of like the first three, they would be so much better. The guests were amazing. They were awesome. They were telling their stories. They had such mess- great messages to, uh, to, to share. However, my side of it, I was like, who is this guy? What is this doofus doing? You know, like, why is he talking so much? Why are you like, I remember, you know, I just recently listened to like the first one because I'm starting to do, you know, after show notes that we share in the blog. So I go back and I listen to the first one and I'm like, stop talking. Like, I'm literally like yelling at my my past self, like, why are you talking so much? You know, it's just uh, it's funny, but you learn those. And if, if you're cognizant about learning from those mistakes, those failures that, that, that we have, then that's okay. 
and you make them quick, you adapt from them, and then you grow and you just get better and better and better. And then the product and yourself and your, you know, because you owe it to whoever you're leading, whoever you're mentoring, you owe the best version of yourself every single day. And it doesn't have to be huge, you know, gains, but it needs to be gains made, you know, and it's a huge belief that I have is, is that I owe the best version of myself every single day. Um, and it's difficult and it's daunting, but I always come back to what would I want for my leadership, you know, at whatever rank or echelon we're talking about. And then when I look at that, I realize, okay, then that means I, I need to be that leader that I wish I had or I had had in the past. Yeah. So two things about failing, you know, full disclosure, everyone listening, like we had to start this over because of some errors, but <laughs> Good news is we started over. Bad news is I'm still getting this error. So this is just going to be a great conversation for you and I, or everyone's going to get something out of it. No, uh, but that's it. Like, like, just let's go screw it up. You know, uh, Jay and I uh, just did a podcast on man search and meaning because I was telling him, I was like, man, I got to get, I want to review more books on the podcast and things uh, that have yeah. influenced me. got a lot of value. So so we, we, he, he always recommends man search for meaning. So we, he and I did that, but that was our conversation. It's like, man, let's go F it up. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't have a good plan for this, but let's just go do something. Right. Cause you could sit there and like, you know, overanalyze it. But I love what you said, like that, the fail fast thing, like, yeah, go fail fast. Like let's figure it out and get going. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you got to throw yourself in there, man. You know, I mean, how many of us, you know, and I can even speak of this. How many of us have dr drug our feet? afraid to do something that might fail or you know when you talk about existing in digital media or blogging or anything else like you know you know excuse my you know kind of candidness but is anybody going to read or listen to my shit like you know and you don't know you hope and you might think it's valuable you're like man this is like the best leadership lesson i've ever learned in my life this is this has changed me who are who I am as a human being, as a leader and everything else. So you're just incredibly invested in it. And then you go and you're about to, you know, put it in whatever kind of forum or, you know, space that you're going to put it. And then you always have that like nagging voice in the back of your head that goes, but is anybody else going to give a shit? Hi, everyone. Dale here. I want to take a quick break to invite you to join us at lionsguide.com. Have you ever struggled to show up as your best when you really needed to most? Have you ever stared at your week and you just wondered, how the heck am I going to fit all this in? Or worse, have you come to the end of your week and asked, how come you didn't get done what you wanted to? Or maybe have you ever struggled to gain influence at work or home? Or have you felt as if you are a productive person, but you really don't know where you're going or what you want? So the distractions of social media or maybe Netflix take over your day. If any of that sounds like you, I want you to know that you're not alone and invite you to visit us online at lionsguide.com and subscribe to the Lions Guide newsletter or maybe even download some of our free guides to help you on your journey. The time is now to transition to the next level in your performance and personal growth and have some joy in life. Visit lionsguide.com and subscribe today. You owe it to yourself and those most important to you to be the best version of you. Don't lose any more time. Subscribe today. I can't wait to see who you're going to become. And now back to the show. So, so when it comes to your army career, like, did you plan on just doing a single enlistment, you know, did, or were you, Hey, I'm a, I'm going to be a career guy. What, what, what was the thought on that? I definitely joined the army thinking I was going to do it for a long time. I, you know, I recognized that there was no way um, I was ready for college, you know, maturity wise, money wise, you know, a lot of different things. Plus I just, you know, didn't terribly actually enjoy school when I was in there. So, you know, I did, I, I kind of thought I was going to stay in the army for a long time. However, 
my first three years in the army were not what I thought they were going to be. Uh, the organization that I was a part of was definitely not one that I remind, remembered uh, fondly. Um, you know, I didn't have, you know, leaders that I thought I would have that were professional like I thought they would have, um, you know, and I actually, you know, suffered some some kind of discrimination, you know, just because of my upbringing, my background and everything else. Um, you know, which sounds kind of weird, you know, being a, you know, a tall white male, but you know, when I look back on it, you know, it was true, you know? And, uh, so I had actually my last, you know, kind of six months, of my enlistment at that time, uh, my contract at the time I was planning on getting out. Um, I was done. Um, and I was one of those guys that had the calendar up on the wall with the days counting down till I got out, you know, I crossing the day off every day, you know, and I didn't really actually know kind of what I was going to do. I was thinking college. Um, I was thinking, you know, being a police officer, you know, I had a couple different ideas, um, like, you know, young kids in their twenties, obviously do, you know, the also, Hey, maybe I'll just buy a van. And, uh, had a couple buddies like, Hey, we're just going to buy a van. We're going to go around rock climbing. I was a big rock climber then too. Um, you know, so there was a couple different ideas and then entered, uh, into my life, uh, a guy named Josh Wheeler, uh, master Sergeant Josh Wheeler, uh, which, you know, I encourage everybody to go look up his story. Uh, unfortunately he was killed, um, you know, in, in Iraq, uh, rescuing, uh, some hostages there, uh, he entered my life and he became my squad leader. And so you fast forward that six months, uh, I reenlisted. I was now a young sergeant and quite frankly, I couldn't think of doing anything else with my life. And the reason I always highlight that is because it's amazing what one individual can do in your life. Um, you know, and, and Josh showed me what it meant to be a leader, uh, to care about your soldiers, to care about, uh, the individuals, you know, in your responsibility, and, uh, you know, what a responsibility that was and what you needed to do by leading by example. And Josh wasn't perfect. He wasn't great. He made tons of mistakes. You know, he was kind of a, he was a wild child at times. He used to come up with some pretty harebrained ideas that, um, you know, I look back on now and I'm like, Jesus Christ, I'm surprised we didn't kill anybody. Um, but you know, the point was, is that, you know, he just, he never asked anybody to do anything he wasn't willing to do himself. Um, you know, and it was always about, hey, training. You know, he used to have two different kind of sayings that I've repeated at, the, you know, I repeat quite a bit is, is, you know, you need to train like it's the last time you will before you go into combat. And the point he, you know, the point he was saying was, is, you know, you don't know when things are going to happen. And so you need to make every training exercise count. And he used to say, say the same thing about physical fitness, you know, Hey, you need to do physical fitness. Like it's the last time you might be able to do it, uh, before you go into combat. And what's crazy about that is, is that this is the early part of 2001 when, or I'm sorry, 2000, 2000, the year 2000, when Josh entered my life, you know, the right at the end of the year. And then 2001, we were, you know, in Germany when September 11th happened. So then all of a sudden, you know, this whole different kind of mentality about training and leadership and everything else that Josh had taught us, like became extremely relevant because then shortly after that, you know, the, the towers fell and we found ourselves in Afghanistan. We found ourselves deployed um, and we really were. We had trained for our last time. We had done our last you know, set of physical fitness before we deployed to combat. You know, and then, you know, what happened, you know, that deployment, you know, was a little bit different and it was, uh, you know, definitely not as kinetic right at the beginning that we thought it was going to be. Um, but, you know, over time it did. And then, you know, this, uh, you know, deployments after that definitely uh, relied on that mentality uh, quite a bit because, 
you know, and this is something, this is not something that Josh said, but it's something that I learned is, you know, in combat, you're not going to rise to the level of your expectations. You're going to fall back to the level of the conditioning that you already have established um, because, you know, <laughs> that's just the truth. Um, so, you know, I definitely was not planning on being a career. And then, you know, from there, um, there was multiple times where I had complete plans. You know, I tested and done evaluations for police departments. Uh, one At one point, the FBI, uh, even, you know, in 2016, I was planning on getting out. Uh, we purchased a place in Idaho. Uh, I had a plan to take a job up at the university there to kind of ride out the last two years until I retired. And then I was selected for promotion to Sergeant Major, you know, so, and, you know, here I am, you know, many years later, you know, five, five, almost six years now uh, later, you know, still in. Um, so I've always had a plan to get out. Um, I've just always made the decision, some f- selfishly or for family, you know, consistency, but uh, some just because, you know, the desire to continue to serve in the capacity of the military. Um, you know, so it, it's not a simple answer. There's no yes or no, but uh I definitely did not kind of have the career mindset in the beginning, in the on stages of my career. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's, I guess the value, well, number one, I love the, the value of preparedness lesson. Cause you know, that's, that's, that's true. Right. You said like we, you're worried it way better. I'm about to repeat it, but it's like you, you fall, you, you're not rising when you get there, you're falling back to what you're capable of. And especially yeah. in, 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 in these deployments. And now how many deployments did you go on? So I went on a total of 14 deployments, uh, eight to Iraq and six to Afghanistan. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And just what was your, what was your role there? I mean, you, so 14 deployments, what, what was your job? What were you doing in those places respectively? Yeah. So, you know, second Ranger battalion, um, you know, in the early years, it was very much just kinetic deployments, direct action raids. You know, when we went to Afghanistan, it was rooting out the Taliban in the mountains and the villages and everything else, you know, so either, you know, mobile patrols or, you know, you know, raids to, you know, kind of capture those individuals or to establish, you know, safe held so that, uh, you know, foreign part, I'm sorry, not foreign partners, but, uh, you know, other allies could come in, you know, kind of do elongated, you know, operations in there. Um, you know, that was a lot of what I did in Afghanistan in the early years, but then I became kind of the very heavy Iraq, uh, deployment, you know, my platoon and, uh, my company, we always just kind of went back to Iraq and those were very, very kinetic times, um, up till 2010, you know, I was a, a platoon sergeant, you know, I was in charge of a task force, you know, which sometimes the task force would grow. It'd be almost as many as, you know, 80 people um, that would be in charge of me, you know, within the platoon and other different agencies. And, you know, it was uh, incredibly you know, uh, kinetic, you know, direct action raids that, that we would do. And then I actually left for a couple of years, I left Ranger Regiment, you know, when taught ROTC. And when I came back, it was very different. It was different. The deployments were different. Um, there were a lot of advisory roles. My last deployment in 2016, I was in an advisory role where I was, you know, advising our partners and, uh, you know, helping them kind of, you know, build organizations, build leadership, you know, and, you know, the tactics and also the formative part of, you know, their schooling, um, you know, and their accreditation programs to build uh, different organizations. So, um, you know, from 2001 to 2010, it was, you know, basically just kicking in doors, you know, 
blowing shit up and doing bad things to bad people. And then after that, you know, 2012 to uh, 2016, it was definitely on the strategic level, you know, and kind of advising and everything else. And, and advising, just so I understand, I'm hearing you correct. Like you were working with maybe locals or other influences to, to rebuild, right? You were going yeah. in, cleaning up. The, you know, what you say through 2010, and then you went back, and now you're yep. helping helping rebuild. Hopefully, for our, you know, which doesn't seem like it's turned out that way, but our exit, our, you know, to get us out of there. Yeah, I mean, you know, that was the plan, and you know, I talked to Jay when him and I, you know, sat down and in an episode, you know, about the specific, you know, subject of what's going on in Afghanistan. You know, the the plan was, you know, when I went back in 2012, we were we were talking exit strategies, you know, we were advising the partners, hey, we will not be here forever. You know, we will we need to talk about how you guys are gonna stand on your own, you're gonna do things on your own, um, and be able to, you know, maintain stability and control within the country. You know, it was a very, very depthful conversation. And I even was part of some of the uh, efforts to stand down bases when I was over there, you know, in 2016, you know, I, we warmed based two, uh, outstations and consolidated to a third one while I was deployed, you know, cause we were, you know, we were taking the early onset of, you know, kind of the XL strategy then, you know? Right. And what, I mean, with regard to your career and what you've learned about leadership, because as you you went on to get a, a degree in organizational leadership, I believe, if I recall yep. correctly, um, like know what you know now, like what what makes a good leader? Yeah, it's a you know, man. There, I, this is a discussion that I've battled with, and I've tried to you know because we always that's how human brains work. We always want to try to quantify the unquantifiable. You know, we want to always try to. Hey, let's let's pare it down, you know, to these three attributes, these two attributes, you know, what makes a good leader? And if I took a bunch of leaders from a million different walks of life and I locked them in a big room and I said, hey, for the next three days, all you're going to do is neck down. And I want you to give me the top three attributes um, of what makes a good leader. Man, they would come up with some amazing things. They would come up just with phenomenal things. And those three things that they would come up with would probably, you know, you could write books about, you could write talks about, you could do all these different things and they would, they would be true. But what I've learned is, is actually there's one attribute that matters more than all of them. And it's passion. If you don't have passion, then you lack drive. You lack commitment. You lack empathy. If I'm being honest, um, you lack compassion because you could have the greatest tools, you know, I got a behind me, I have all these books and a lot of them are about leadership and the human domain and, you know, stories and all these different kind of things, military and non-military, you know, that I could give you all the tools. I could tell you everything about, Hey, here's a great, all the great things about being a leader. But if you're not passionate about it, then it's not going to matter because you're not going to do anything with it. So if you're not actually passionate about leader, you're not passionate about the people that are, you know, you're responsible for the organizations you have the charge to lead, it won't matter. So right, wrong, or indifferent, this is Mike Burke's take on the world. Passion is actually the most important attribute in my eyes. Um, I can do a lot, you know, you know, this is, this comes into, you know, you know, your direct question, you know, about doing this for so long. I can take somebody that doesn't have leadership knowledge, maybe doesn't know how to be a leader. 
um, maybe doesn't even, you know, um, know, understand all the, the systems and the different attributes and the skills that it takes to be a leader. Um, I can work with that if they have the passion and they have the motivation. I can teach them because they'll be teachable. They'll learn over time and they'll be really, really motivated by the cause and they will invest themselves into the process. Now you take the other attribute. I could take the smartest that has read and you know has a degree in organizational leadership and has heard Simon Sinek talk in person and Jocko and all these different things and has done all this different stuff and has all the knowledge in the world can recite front to back every leadership doctrine that's ever existed. But if they're not passionate about it and they don't actually in their true core care about adding value to people, there's nothing I can do with it. They can give great talks. Don't get me wrong. And they can teach great courses um, and they can actually bestow a ton of knowledge and insights to people. Uh, but what would it actually translate to? And I think a big part of that is, is that you have had to, uh, to have that passion is you've had to go through shit. Okay. And I apologize, you know, for the language you've had to have been broken down to your core where you have been in your darkest moments where you've invested in somebody so much or invested in something so much that you just felt it, knew it, and were committed to it through and through. And then it did not go the way you thought it would. And it made you question everything. And I've had those moments. I've had those moments where I've invested, you know, my first platoon that I was a part of in Second Ranger Battalion, I was in that platoon for 11 years. 11 years, which was very unusual and not normal back in the, you know, even in those times. And there's a lot of different reasons that kind of happened. Um, so everybody in that platoon, man, <laughs> you know, I knew everybody, you know, I, I'd raised everybody and, you know, I left and then I came back to that organization after two and a half years of teaching up at ROTC and I watched that platoon go through something. And I just had this dip, deep pit in my stomach. And I'd realized what I'd failed to do was develop the leaders the way I should have. And it made me question everything about who I was, who I was as a leader, how I trained leaders. Um, but it became the genesis of how I've changed my entire leadership since then. I, you know, I'm huge about leader professional development and how you do that and how you establish the connections throughout that. So my point is, is I know I'm getting a little long here, but this is, again, this is something and pun intended, I'm very passionate about, um, that you, in order to have that passion, I feel part of that is, is the process itself where you've had that low time where you've, you've really kind of questioned everything and you've had to take a huge pause and reflect and go back to the core roots of what you believe and who you are and everything else and invest the time and the research to go, okay, how do I do X and how do I make that passion apparent to everybody else and those that I lead that, hey, I care about you immensely and I care about you not just now and here in your current performance, but I care about you 10, 20, 30 years from now. Um, so very, very long answer to your question about what is the most important leader attribute. But uh, this is something that I spend a lot of time talking about, writing about, and uh, you know, I feel, I feel uh, very invested in. Now, uh, you reminded me of, have you read Angela Duckworth's Grit? 
Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Yeah. Book. I mean, you're, you're singing, singing it, right? Like she, yeah. she talks about grit is a combination of passion and perseverance in, right. you know, as I was listening to you say that, I'm like, you know, that's what she was calling on, especially the passion side of it. And you, you said in so many words without the other word, which was the perseverance part in, you know, because you're talking about like the ability to endure in, you know, and want it, you know, and, and as, as a leader and, and earlier we were talking about like, you know, leadership as a job and to a degree and, you know, your, your choice to do a good job in whatever it is you do. Right. So when you're a leader, you got to be passionate about being a leader, like recognizing like that is your job. And, um, you know, there's a great, uh, organization, I'll say an organizational management book out there called traction. Um, and it's one of the things it talks about with people in their job, in their role is they, they have to, what they call GWC, which is they have to get it. They have to have to want it and they have to have the capacity to execute in it, in, in that job. Right. So it was a good screen. Like if you're looking at employees or team members or whatever, and you were going to put someone in a job, yes or no, do they get it? Do they want it? And then, and do they have the capacity to do it? So I think to your point, right? If you look at leadership as a job, your job is to be a good leader. Uh, you got to get it. And then to your point about passion, you've got to want it. Like you've got to want it. And then you've got to have the capacity to, to do it um, because we've seen it. I'm sure you've seen it, right? The guys that are in charge and they don't want to be in charge. The yeah, net absolutely. result of that is a freaking disaster. You know, um, there's they take no responsibility for anything. They're not truly leading. They're just um, going through the motions, you know, checking the box, just trying to do the bare minimum. And just leadership is not that, man. You you, you got to have the right people at front leading, setting the example. Because leadership is not the one thing. Like It, it is literally everything. Like it is, like you said, the, yeah. the empathy, the emotional intelligence, the the example that you're setting, the, the, the way you communicate it. Like when it comes to being that, what it takes to be a good leader holistically, there's a lot to it. Like, I, I, and this is where I thought you were going to go with it. Ultimately, like I put everyone in a room for three days and we'd basically say everything, you know, because it, it, there's yeah. so much to being a good leader, you know, um, yeah. but you're right. You got to want it. You've got to, got to be passionate about your job as, as a leader. Well, and I mean, you know, you got to treat it that, Hey, it's not just a, it's not just a job, you know, it's a, it's a profession, you know, yeah. and, and when you define the word profession, that means that, you know, there's a, there's a level of investment, you know, doctors invest and that is why they're, you know, called professionals, lawyers yeah. invest, you know, and then that's why they're called professionals, you know, all these different kind of things. Well, leadership, you know, whether we're talking about the military or not, it is a profession. Um, therefore there has to be the investment, you know, you see that, you know, not all, uh, not all readers are leaders, but all leaders are readers, you know? Um, and when I encounter people that say, well, I don't read then I'm like, what, why, how, then you're not, you know, because part of leadership is perspective and how are you gaining the perspective and how are you seeing the things that you haven't seen? Um, the experiences that you just haven't been able to have, you know, how are you gaining perspective on that kind of stuff? I'm reading an amazing book right now called Just Work uh, by uh, uh, crap, uh, Radical Candor. Uh, she, she wrote the book Radical Candor also. Uh, Kim Scott. So she's, you know, and it's, it's all about biases and the root of our biases and the different perspectives, you know, and the different kind of take on things and the things that, you know, us as two adult males, you know, white males that we would just never know because we've never been in those shoes. We'd never seen those kind of things. So, you know, not only is there the investment 
in you know gaining those additional perspectives but then also there's the subordinates that you lead too they're a huge conduit they're a huge untapped resource where you can get those perspectives where you've got to sit down you know i sat down yesterday with a you know a young e6 female um you know talking about different things being on a small team being a female being deployed to austere conditions and having the conversation about hey you know here's you know not only the expectations of you but here's some of the expectations here's some of the things that might happen um you know but we need to have the mature conversation about this um, on my side and then also you know you with your side and you know there's got to be a line that hey you got to understand that people are just going to be jackasses and going to say stupid things is you know male and females are going to say stupid things it doesn't mean they're necessarily bad you know bad people they're just not thinking things through and they're not realizing the value and the the impact of their words but i expect you to say something behind closed doors sit down and have the conversation and say hey did you hear what you just said Here's how it made me feel. You need to fix that. That's not okay. Okay. Now, obviously, if they say something that's just completely out of the box, you know, just wrong down to its root core, that's a different conversation. There's something that needs to happen about that. Um, but I'm talking about the the little the little small things because what you tolerate, you perpetuate. Um, you know, and a lot of times that just things will just kind of go unchecked, going on on scene and people won't be held accountable and they just culminate into these huge circumstances because no one said anything about it. Um, you know, so the point being is, is that part of it is perspectives as a leader and that is an investment on multiple accounts and you've got to be um, – you got to be sorry. I was trying to think of a different word than invested in it, <laughs> but you know you've got to be committed to it. You know you've got to be committed to that because it matters, and that's what it, people need. That's what people expect. So get out there and do the damn work, man. Yeah, and and I couldn't have this conversation without making a call for courage, right? Because I feel like yeah, it, right? you've got to have courage to be in a leadership role. It takes courage to be there because there there is that right. There is the there is the responsibility that you're taking, right? There, there is the possibility of failure in having that responsibility. But that's, I feel like that's what we're starting. I mean, we're starving for leadership right now. Um, and, and we've just got to have the courage. You, you got to have courage and, and, and do it. Like, go, go be a leader. Like, we need more leadership and step up. And I think just due to a lack of courage, we have more people not stepping up today for various reasons. Um, but, but it takes to be a good leader too. It takes that courage, right? To your point, like you got the extreme situation or something going on, take courage to step up, speak up, you know, because you know, those issues, like you said, they grow and they fester and they get bigger and bigger. And when it explodes, let's say yet as a leader, you kind of go on or the next select tier up leader, when you say that, see this happen down the chain, you're kind of going, man, I wish you would have said something way sooner. Now look where we're at. Um, because I've always, I always like from a leadership role, I always told folks when, when things are off track, the best thing you can do is find the shortest path back on track, right? Like, like there's a mistake yeah. we find we're off. Like, hey, best thing we can do is find the shortest path, get back on track. The problem with not speaking up, not having the courage to say there's an issue or dealing with an issue is you get farther and farther and farther and farther off track. So getting back is is way more difficult than probably it needed to be. If someone just had the courage to speak up and, 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 and be the leader to, to you know, address the issue, call out the issue, whatever the case may be. Yeah. Can I add, can I add one thing on what you said, you know, that, you know, sure. there's a, it takes courage to be a leader, you know, and there's, there's a huge desire for leadership. I would add on there that there's a huge call for and a need for authentic, transparent leader. 
But that takes a whole nother level of courage because when you're transparent or you're authentic, you know, people could be perceiving it the wrong way. Um, you know, different things can happen where, um, you know, it can go the wrong, it, it can go off the rails and it can be taken in the wrong way. And now people have what you could perceive as ammunition against you, you know, um, because you were being transparent and vulnerable and authentic and all these different kind of things. Um, so it takes a lot of courage to do that. Um, you know, and it's something that I've talked about, you know, and, and a couple, you know, a couple of people have asked me about it, you know, even a, even a guest actually, you know, on, on a Always in Pursuit podcast, you know, because I did a two-part series called Naked and Unafraid, um, where basically I just, I threw all my shit out there, man. Like everything's out there about my upbringing, my mistakes, uh, you know, issues that I had, uh, you know, with depression and, you know, suicide and all these other kind of things. And, you know, the question was, is, hey, aren't you scared that people use that against you? And I'm like, well, yeah, I am. I mean, because people could, people could go back there and they could do it. There's a million different things that could happen with that. But guess what? You know, at the end of the day, if that's my demise and that's, a, you know, what ends up being the end, you know, the end of my career or whatever, because, you know, of my you know, vulnerability and transparency, then I guess so be it. But I think that we need more people that are doing that, that, hey, I don't have everything figured out. I haven't always been perfect. I haven't always had my shit together. Um, I've struggled just like you've struggled. Um, but now I'm on the other side of it to a degree, to a degree. I'm not perfect. You know, I haven't got it all figured out, but to a degree, I'm, I'm better about it. And I've, I've dealt with it. I've done the hard work to come to terms with different things that have happened to me or other struggles that I've had. So here I am now, and here's how I can help you. And here's how I can help you wherever you are in your journey, your path, um, as you're t continuing to try to move forward and you have your own struggles, here's how, here I, here's how I can help you. And then, oh, by the way, I'm not talking about this theoretically. I'm talking about this from a position of personal understanding. Yeah. And, and, and like we've talked about on and offline, it's a bit like people need that authenticity, right? Because you smell yeah. out, right? Like the way we communicate with one another, like, like you smell out that you, you know you might you don't might not know what it is but you know something's not quite right and yeah, and it's so. just a it's a drag on the the effort i'll say i don't know as far as leadership like if you're a leader but you're not being transparent or authentic and your troops are feeling that so now they're kind of half three quarter stepping because they're not quite sure they know something they don't know what so yeah i, I agree and there is that because in today's world you got to you're right. You know, and here's what we ch were challenged with is people taking us out of context, get, you know, because mm. in my effort of being transparent, like I'm trying to fit an experience in a short form, right? I've lived something and I'm trying to put it in a manner to, to be transparent or, or whatever. But it surprised me over the years when I did that, how many times they will come back and they go, well, you said, blah, blah. I'm like, no, 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 no. And, but they hear it wrong. Right. So you got to be careful too, with the transparency, I feel yeah. um, from my own experience to a level where you know very clearly what your intentions are and kind yeah, of make right. sure those intentions are clear when you're being transparent because uh, we hear things like we hear things maybe different than what we intend. So I think if as a leader, if you're trying to be transparent, I, that would be my advice is like be very clear with your intentions of what you're trying to say so they don't paint their own intentions, right? You don't just go, hey, when I was a kid or when I was over here, I screwed this up and whatever. But if you don't tell them why you're telling them that story and and, and what it matters, they might walk away with something that you didn't intend. And that's where yeah. the, the the crap comes from. But and you got to own it in the right way, right? Like, 
like you were saying, like, I kind of use this as an apology. Like when, when like my kids grew up, you got what, four kids is it? You know? Like, yeah. Yeah. So when my kids grew up and they, they say, sorry, I go, look, I don't, I don't necessarily want you to be sorry. I want to know that this isn't going to happen again. Right. Mm. So when you're talking about being authentic and, and you're being authentic from a perspective of being perfectly human, being transparent or whatever, I kind of look at it that way too, where you're being transparent as an agreement to say, I've learned from this, right? I'm, I'm telling you this because I've learned and grown from this mistake or this experience or whatever. Um, and, and, and it's kind of like that apology thing. I'm not just telling you to tell you, I'm telling you, so you know, I've learned something here. I've grown and and, and I want to share that experience with you. Does that make sense? Like, it's like- Yeah, absolutely. Know, yeah. No, I think, you know, I mean, there's, it's dangerous ground. And that's why, you know, I, what I encourage people to do when I mentor them and I talk about this kind of stuff is, is you need to first have these, well, first you need to be okay with the things that you're talking about, meaning that you've come to terms with whatever kind of trauma or, you know, tragedy or, you know, vulnerability that you're talking about. You can't be, um, you know, throwing it out there for the world to hear or a group of individuals before you've come to terms with it, because yeah. then there might be emotions that are spurred that you weren't ready for in yourself. And now you're trying to deal with those and communicate a message. Um, yeah. Yeah, but sure. the other part is, is you got to start uh, with some trusted agents and test the waters and have the conversations so you can see how it's received. Because you might say it one way um, and you're just being completely transparent. Um, however, uh, it could be perceived in the wrong way by the individuals, you know, and yeah. it's on the respect. The responsibility goes on the communicator, not to communicate it, you know. Yeah, no, you're 100 um, percent. But I think that's powerful stuff in in. Because it comes down to that relatability. I think like when you're authentic and you're showing that, hey, I'm forthcoming, you know, you don't have to worry about yeah. things being hidden or, um, or even, you know, and I look, like you said, we're all perfectly human. I, I kind of also at the same time, one of the things I tell myself, like through my life and in, in when I'm doing things is I do kind of tell myself, like, don't give them anything on you. Like, you know, you, we're going to make mistakes, but like, don't give them anything on you. Like, don't, and I guess this is kind of there, but to kind of dialing back a little bit to the mistakes we've made or, or I'll say the, the, where we failed ourselves. Like I do kind of remind myself, like, don't, don't give them anything on you. Like when you're in this pivot point, like doing right versus wrong or something stupid or whatever, uh, yeah. or unserving in some way, I, I, I've kind of, that's the way I kind of challenge myself. It's like, don't give them anything on you, you know, and, and it just checks me, you know? So, so hopefully yeah. I don't have to be transparent about as much as I screwed up. I've screwed up plenty, but, uh, you know, but, yeah. uh, jump it over to high performance. Um, yeah. so what's, uh, you know, what are you doing? You're, you're, you're getting it after it often. You know, you're at time of this recording, you're in a race yesterday. Like, you know, um, what's, what's your routine look like? What do you, what do you do to kind of maintain, right? <laughs> Stay ready. Yeah. So you don't have to get ready as you said earlier in the deployment. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so I, I am very, very draconian in my routine, um, especially in the morning. Uh, the the afternoons and the evenings is kind of when things always seem to kind of derail for me because that's always about, you know, the uncontrollable outside factors. But, uh, you know, I'm an early riser. Um, I get up at 3.30, 4 o'clock every morning. Um, I've done that for probably a decade and a half. Uh, it's just something that I do, you know, and it's partly because I like to have that time by myself to, you know, kind of strategize, think, write, drink a cup of coffee, you know, 
look at, you know, emails and look at other things so I can figure out what I'm going to do for the day, you know, what the day is going to look like and how it's going to unfold. And then the friction points that are going to maybe potentially happen through the day. Um, you know, that's, that's the first part of my kind of, you know, my morning routine. Um, and then, you know, zero six, zero six thirty is always going to be physical fitness. Like I am, I've been this way for a long time and even on mornings that I'm rushed, um, you know, when I'm traveling, which I travel a lot, um, my rule is, is no matter what, at least 10 minutes, you know, I may, if I, if I'm in the hotel and I got an early morning, I may get up just early enough, um, where I can get, you know, a little bit of reflection. I can write maybe just a little bit, answer a couple of emails and then get 10 minutes of something in, even if it's just burpees for 10 minutes in my room. Like, I, and if I don't do that, then I will not be at my best all day. You know, and that's not the case maybe for everybody, but for me, it is like I just because if everything else goes to hell in a handbasket throughout the day, at least I accomplish something, you know, and, you know, my physical, you know, my physical ability is a big part of that. And obviously, you know, it translates. It's a huge part of, you know, being in the military, too. You got to be able to do that stuff. Um but, you know, the rest of the day is, you know, just like you said, we we have a lot of different things going on. You know, I have a full time, well, shit, full time is an underestimation. You know, I mean, it's a, you know, being a brigade star major, it's it's very, very demanding. Um, but, you know, we got the blog with AIP, you know, we got multiple, you know, we got a few different contributors to that. We got the podcast, we got the newsletter, we got the asthma check videos. Um, we're working on another project now, which will be another podcast, you know, so we're trying to lay the foundations for that and what that'll kind of be. I will admit, um, we've shelved that just a little bit. We're not going to probably, we we're originally planning for October for release for that. We're actually going to hit the pause button for a minute because I need to go back and, uh, develop a better strategy for what that's going to look like, how it's going to look, and then also who's going to actually do all the production of that stuff. Um, so there's, you know, some different, uh, different stuff that we need to do for that. And then, you know, the other thing that, you know, as far as pursuits are going, you know, um, I'm working on, uh, you know, a, a book right now, um, a leadership book, uh, slash autobiography, um, and every day, a thousand words. Not all the thousand words will be used. <laughs> um, there's been there's been days where I've knocked out a thousand words and I've scrapped 950 of them, you know, because it just, you know, they weren't what they needed to be because it wasn't in the right mind frame when I'm working. But uh, my goal is to have the, you know, have the, the main part of that manuscript done uh, by next spring um, so that we can start going around and get some edits done of it and, uh, and, you know, look for publishers and everything else, um, you know, early part of next summer. And that will be just a combination of, you know, some lessons I've learned because of life, but then also the biggest letter, leadership lessons I've learned in this life. Um, so, yeah. And I mean, you know, the race, you know, that was Sarah has been, you know, trying to get tied into the active community here at, you know, Columbus, Georgia and volunteering. It was about one of the best ways to do it. Um, so, you know, yesterday was her birthday and she's like, hey, I'm volunteering at this race. And I was like, well. I guess I'm doing the race so I can spend some time with you, <laughs> you know? So, um, you know, so I went and I did the race and it was a lot of fun and I feel pretty good after it actually. Obviously I didn't, uh, perform as good as I would have liked to, but, uh, for somebody that didn't even own a road bike a week ago and has rode it once, I, I I'm overall pretty happy, you know, with, with how it went. But, you know, I, my biggest thing is, is I'm a big task guy. So every day has a list of tasks that I'm going to knock out 
you know, every week. And what I communicate with the, you know, the AIP team is, hey, these are the things that need to be done this week. Um, you know, and now we're finally kind of getting into a position where we're working ahead. There was very much always playing kind of catch up and meeting right before the deadline. And now we're actually starting to work ahead. And it's important for us to get ahead so that I can really start to do some kind of, you know, the analytical work for, hey, what's given us the best, um, you know, value, you know, and some things are not. So maybe we need to actually pull back on those and invest in other areas that are having better traction and adding value to people. Yeah, that's that's the business of it. The uh, but real quick yeah. before we leave, leave Sarah, like so checking out her profile, it's like she's a genuine badass, and yeah, you know, so she's a high performer. And I was wondering, like, so who who's got to keep up with who, right? Is, is, <laughs> is, is she, <laughs> yeah, are you keeping up with her, or is she keeping up with you? You know. So my wife, you know, Sarah, besides being one of the most amazing human beings I've ever met uh, in my life. Uh, she is the person that challenges me the most in life. Um, I did not marry somebody that is just going to blindly just kind of go, okay, that's okay, babe. Like she's going to go, nope, that's dumb. You're wasting your time. Okay. Here's, you know, that's not good. You know, you need to rewrite this. You need to do that, which it just, you know, constantly challenges me to be better. You know, she is a huge part of, you know, my ability to communicate. You know, when we first met, she's like, wow. I didn't know that the word, you know, fuck could be, you know, a punctuation, an adjective, a pronoun, a noun and everything else. She's like, you know, what's up with that? You know, maybe you need to rethink about that. You know, you're a leader. You're supposed to be a professional. And, you know, here you, you cuss all the time. You know, maybe you need to do better, you know, and it started me on this whole path of, OK, I need to be a better communicator because it matters as a leader. Um, you know, so we to answer your question, we, we challenge each other. Um, we don't we don't let each other get away with anything. Um, we're constantly looking at how we can make each other better um, and how we can support one another, but then also how we can put a best version of ourselves forward. Um, and she is definitely the person that kind of keeps me grounded. She's the person that got me into yoga, um, you know, actually here in about, you know, an hour and a half, we're actually going to go, uh, she's going to teach a class and, you know, I get to be her demonstrator, which I always love to do. Um, you know, so, and yoga has been a huge, you know, the yoga and the mindfulness has been a huge part of my life. You know, I, I suffered a, a pretty, uh, a pretty bad injury uh, about 2014. I fractured my hip uh, pretty bad. And, you know, my career was going to be over. And luckily for me, my wife was in rehabilitation, realignment yoga, and she put me back together. Um, and she's the only reason that one, I could continue my career in the army, but that I'm able to do a race that I did yesterday. I mean, you know, I still have major hip issues because, you know, the one hip's messed up because it's all broke, but the other hip's messed up because I've been compensating, you know, I compensated for a long time, you know, so, you know, um, but being able to, you know, one swim, you know, and then be able to bike, you know, for 18 miles and then being able to run. Um, I wouldn't be able to do that if it wasn't, you know, for kind of what she's done for me in, is in terms of yoga. Yeah. I, and I'm glad you called that out because yoga is you know, like, we talk like checking our ego as man a little bit like yoga. You think yeah. like the ladies with their spandex pants and, and, and hot room <laughs> on their pads or whatever. But uh, similar, yeah. I, 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 I'm with you. I've, I've solved some, uh, I'll say mobility issues that no one else could figure out surgeons, whatever um, through yoga, just, you know, I, I, yeah. I, I just started through the pandemic, but I, I would fall into these stretches going, hey, 
man, I can move my shoulder again after doing that or whatever, whatever the case may be. So yeah, yeah. I, I appreciate it. And I mean, I, I, I bring that up to guys like, Hey man, you know, that, that back or shoulder, or whatever issue you're talking about there, like you ever try yoga? I don't do yoga, man. And it's yeah, like, yeah. okay. Okay, buddy. I, I, I will tell you that uh, <laughs> there's a lot of high performing athletes that incorporate yoga into their lifestyle. And it's not all the granola crunching, you know, the one that, you know, Sarah focuses on specifically, you know, there's not the yums and the chanting and all yeah. this different kind of stuff. It is directly focused with two things to basically fix broken people uh, mentally and physically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, so that's good. that's good stuff. The um, you know, and, and 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 I appreciate what you said about her pushing you because you know it's something that um, Jordan Peterson talks about. I don't recall where, probably in one of his books, but he talks about like choosing a partner that sides with your potential, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and, and that's what you you were saying, and 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 because that's awesome. That's what you need in a partner. You know, is someone yeah. who's not letting you be mediocre or status quo or whatever, but sees who you could be and, and helps push you to that. So that's a, that's an awesome partner to have, man. Good for you. That's awesome. Yeah. You got to marry somebody that kicks your ass, you know, challenges. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so with, uh, with always in pursuit, the podcast, how, how did that start? How did you fall into getting this thing going? Yeah. So, you know, Always in Pursuit started with Kill Tank Radio, which Kill Tank Radio uh, was a podcast, a unit podcast that we started over in Germany. Um, you know, the pandemic started to come, uh, come, to, uh, come to light. You know, we we're having the conversation over in Germany about how we're going to communicate with our, you know, our soldiers and continue to professional develop and everything else. But on top of that, you know, podcasts are just an amazing thing where you can record things and they exist for all time. You know, so people can go back 10, 15 years later and they can still listen to that stuff. And the leaders that are, are you know, the leadership principles that are outlined or whatever it might be, you know. So that's where that all started. And I was not the one that was supposed to actually be the host of that. That kind of just happened. And all of a sudden, you know, we're 25 episodes uh, deep. I got people reaching out, you know, out across the entire civilian sector, military sector, just saying how much it meant to them and how great it was. And I was completely blown away. Obviously, that came to an end for me because, you know, I was uh, PCS and, you know, coming back to the States to a different organization. And, you know, a lot of the questions were, hey, you're going to start a new podcast when you get to your, you know, your new unit. And then it just kind of morphed and it developed. And then people were like, hey, you need to start your own. And so I did. You know, we started our own podcast and I kind of went in with the mind frame of I could have a little bit of different conversations that I would normally be able to have um, because it's not a military produced uh, production. Um, you know, obviously I still got to be smart because I do wear the uniform at the end of the day and I represent the, you know, I represent the United States army. Um, and the other one but, was real quick, Mike, like you, yeah. when you said kill tank radio, that was like produced to by the yeah. army kind of. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. now it was, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It was, yeah, I was curious by, if you just kind of said, Hey, we got to talk to troops to start a podcast or if it was something like through the leadership, yeah. so to speak that, yeah, cool. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, that was completely handled by the army, you know, the production or the public affairs officer, you know, he edited it, he scripted it and everything else. Oh, cool. Um, so, you know, we started the podcast, um, and, you know, it's just been a journey since, you know, uh, and I will say that, you know, at times I was like, well, you know, our numbers aren't the greatest, you know, is it impacting people? But then just every time I kind of had the doubt, somebody would reach out, 
you know, and somebody would say, Hey, this meant so much to me, this, you know, or this changed my life, you know, and I know you've gotten some amazing feedback too. And I'm just like, okay, wow, this adds, you know, power to it. And then really kind of episode seven is where things really started to change. Episode seven with Matt Nyman, you know, we recorded the episode in early January, it released in February. Uh, two days before it was released, he, he was killed in avalanche in Alaska. And, uh, uh, you know, obviously that's, you know, a thing within itself and it was pretty traumatic, but then, you know, reaching out to the family and asking them, Hey, are you okay with me releasing this episode? And they were like, please, you know, and it ended up being the last recorded words that anybody had of him. And the feedback we got from that, from the family and other people that knew him and just, you know, the amazing words that he said, you know, Matt Nyman, you know, said throughout the episode, I was just like, okay, like, this is it, man. You know, we've got to tell people stories. We've got to capture their stories because we don't know what tomorrow holds. And it's just continued to grow from there, you know. And, you know, early part of this summer, I had, you know, an individual reach out to me saying, hey, we'd like to sponsor it. And the sponsorship really just allowed us to produce a better product, but then also open up the aperture to things, you know, develop the website, uh, you know, develop the newsletters, the videos, the blog and everything else. Because at the end of the day, you know, I'm a star major in the army, you know, I'm limited by the amount of money that I make, you know, with four kids. Um, but sponsorship allowed us to open up the aperture and just create more for the audience and, you know, everybody that just appreciates everything that Always in Pursuit does, you know, and it's just off to the races. And we got some amazing people on the team that help with the copy editing, production, submission to the blog, um, you know, and the kind of the creative department of everything. And who, like, who are with the persona of your audience? Like, who are you, who are you serving? How, how yeah. are you serving them? Yeah, you know, it is really there's a lot of military, um, for past and present. Um, but there's also just a huge amount of, you know, kind of civilians as well. Uh, more than I originally thought, uh, that, you know, just people that have either knew the guest and then, you know, the get, you know, the guests that came on the episode, you know, they've continued to follow what we do, um, or, you know, just found it, you know, however they might've, or maybe I worked with them in a different dynamic, you know, throughout the years, um, that are kind of drawn to it, but, you know, leaders, leaders are pretty much the primary, you know, the, the entrepreneur leaders and the military leaders or the civilian sector leaders is the primary audience that we serve. And, uh, you know, just like we talked about earlier in the episode, we're just trying to tell people stories. Stories are the foundation for later success, you know, and it, hopefully it'll help everybody else in their pursuits. Yeah, that's awesome. With with everything that you're doing, right? Because it, it's it's fun to watch. You, you're doing the blogs. I see your uh, asthma check uh, videos, and and obviously the po the podcast. Like, what of it all? What do you enjoy the most? I enjoy the podcast the most. Is that right? Like, I yeah. I just I love sitting down and just hearing people's stories, and then asking them questions. And I mean, I'm just being honest, like I'm asking them questions I want to know, <laughs> you yeah. know, I try to, you know, when we get, I, you know, I do get feedback and I get, you know, Hey, people ask certain questions like, Hey, could you talk to guests about this? And I'll try to, you know, I incorporate those in there, but I just love to tell people stories um, because they're just amazing. 
you know, people just have amazing stories to share and just insights that just increase my perspective, increase my ability as a leader. You know, it's just so much fun. The hardest part of the podcast is keeping them around an hour, you know, and that's yeah. what we try to do because that's what people expect. But most of the, there's, I would say well over 95% of the podcast could be, you know, three, three and a half hours because I'm just, I'm just loving it and just having amazing conversations with people, you know. Yeah, I don't, I, you know, I've gotten that guidance from the beginning. So behind the scenes on podcasting, like I got that guidance. I've heard you mention it and whatever. I'm like, man, I'm just here to deliver value. Like if, yeah. if people need to fall off in an hour or not, but I'm, I, I try not to fabricate this. I want to be prepared, obviously, but I would like, I just want to have a good conversation that people can enjoy. Yeah, like you said, this is, this is forever, like, you know, to a degree for whatever. But I just think about like what, where we started talking about this, like this is going to be out there. It, yeah. it may serve someone 15 years. So why, why short it? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. let's, and I get it, I, I, whatever, but it's, it's one of these things, like if we're having a good conversation, let's go until we're done. Obviously we've got other stuff to do today, especially whatever, but you know, let's have a yeah. good conversation because that, that's where the value is like having a good conversation and just talking stuff out and it's going to serve somebody someday, you know, today, yeah, tomorrow, two years from now. Um, you recommended to me uh, Turning Pro, and, and you mentioned that earlier. What's your What's your go to when you're talking to people, and you know who are on the path or trying to get better? You know, what's when you're? I'm sure you're given plenty, but what's What's the Hey, if you haven't read this, read this book that you so, recommend. So I have a uh, I have five books that I kind of keep on my bookshelf. Um, you know, right by my desk. They're 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 my go to books. The first one is one obviously that is very. You know, it applies to military folks, especially the non-commissioned officer corps. It's a uh, behind the colors by Ski, uh, Scott Schroeder. Um, you know, and it is uh, basically a story of his 32 years in service, and which is amazing within itself because it's 32 years of experience. But the thing that I love about it is every single rank he offers three focus areas, um, which I think you know any leader, but especially non-commissioned officers who are just kind of in the grind sometimes in the military, it's very hard for them to kind of, you know, neck down what their focus areas are going to be. And so it's just an amazing book for that. Uh, the the other book is Legacy by James Kier, or Kerr. Sorry. Uh, I absolutely love that. When you talk about organizational culture, individual accountability and team accountability in an inclusive nature, uh, it's just an amazing book for that. Uh, the third book is, uh, one that just was added and it, that podcast actually released this weekend. I know that this episode will release in a couple of weeks is uh, Eating Glass by Mark Jacobson. And Mark wrote, wrote a book about failure and which is not something that a lot of people talk. They do, you know, you heard the catchphrases failing fast, failing forward, all these different kind of things. Mark talks about the ugly truth of it and the 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 parts of failure that just absolutely stripped him to his core and he's just ridiculously transparent and vulnerable in it and it's just amazing not only from the writing style but just how transparent he was throughout the book uh so that's definitely the third one uh the fourth one is kind of one just for me because you know it just that it probably won't help a lot of people but it's called the decision matrix um and uh Basically, use it. It gives you different tips and techniques when you're trying to solve complex problems, and different ways to kind of unpack that and uh, dissect that, so that you can, you know, um, so you can lay, you know, clear strategies and methods and techniques that'll that'll kind of help you going forward. And then the fifth one is the Talent War, and that one's just because of the current job that I'm in. Um, I use that book 
and I refer to that book a lot right now because when we talk about talent, talent's not always how we kind of look at it and we prescribe it, especially within the military. It actually has different attributes to it. And in an organization that I currently work into, you know, we're looking for talented individuals, but it might not always be how people kind of perceive it. Um, and it's just a great book that kind of dissects that stuff. So those are kind of the five books. But when you talk about being always in pursuit, you know, you talk about a um, you know, moving forward, the slight edge is a, a phenomenal book. Uh, Simon Sinek's Why, or uh, one that I've actually just included in a recent uh, map check, and it's right here. It's a uh, crap. Oh, The Infinite Game by Simon Sinek. Mm. You know, and that's a great book because what it what it does is, hey, what you know? Yes, you want to understand end states. You know, and you want to prescribe end states, uh, but we can't prescribe end states where they're limiting in their factor, meaning that they set a backstop that cannot or could potentially stifle growth. So how do you develop strategies and how do you develop leadership principles and development that no matter what happens, it will continue to grow? And that's very, you know, when we talk about being an entrepreneur, we talk about being a leader. That, that's hugely heavily tied to that because the test, you know, and you've probably heard this saying in the military, the true test of your leadership prowess is what happens when you're not around. Or if I removed you from the circumstance, removed you from the position, would the organization continue to have mobility? And if the answer is no, you don't know, you're not sure, then that just kind of gives you a, a basis for where you need to probably spend some time developing people because it should continue to always move forward. Yeah, like it's uh, build the system, right? Build yeah. the system. Your job as a leader is to build the system, and your and and so that the system manages itself, and then what you manage is the exceptions, right? You know, yeah. the evolution of the system. Uh, so yeah, that's awesome. Now that's a good list, man. I um I saw you post about eating glass the other day, and I was like, oh, look at that. So that that yeah. was already on the list, but all these other ones, there's well, stay heard, tuned. Heard so, yeah, stay tuned. We might we might be giving some books away today. Sweet. Cool. They, um, <laughs> to, to, to wrap it up here, um, you know, if, if on elevator, you're telling someone, you know, they ask, man, hearing all you do, what, what, what's the, if you had to explain to someone what makes you successful, you know, what would you say? What has been key to my success is hard work. And when I fail, I quickly assess what happened, the mistakes that were made, so that it can offer a pivot point so I can continue to do the work. Um, I'm not the smartest. I'm not the fastest. I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed, um, but I will just continue to work. You know, I will continue to move forward. Uh, and when there's setbacks, well, I'll just grind through them. Um, and sometimes to a fault, sometimes I can be so persistent that you, you could actually look at it like, hey, man, maybe you just need to reassess. And uh, I do. And I've gotten better at that, you know, time and wisdom and age and everything else would definitely help with that. Uh, but my ability is just uh, uh, the ability to outwork people, you know, and uh, the consistency that's kind of performed through that. Yeah. And you can tell, man, even when you were talking earlier, which I, I really like, and I, I just want to call it out because I really honor it is um, like the way you even get prepared for the day. Like it's a testament to your hard work. Like you're, you're gearing up looking at your day ahead. Like what's 
you know, what am I up against today? Cause it, you know, and you're yeah. going to go tackle it, man. It's a great habit, man. Good, good for you. The, uh, well, as far as always in pursuit, what, uh, how did, how do people find it? What's the best way to get in contact with always in pursuit? And, and even if you, even you, if anybody hears this and wants to connect with you, what should they do? Yeah. So, I mean, people can find, uh, you know, Mike S. Burke, you know, I'm on all the uh, social media platforms outside of probably like TikTok. I'm not on TikTok, but uh, um, every other social media platform, you can find me there. You can also find Always in Pursuit. You know, we have a Facebook page, we have an Instagram page and uh, a LinkedIn uh, a page there. Alwaysinpursuit.org is our website. You can find the blogs, you can sign up to the newsletter. Uh, the videos are always checked there. And then all the the podcast or, you know, published there as well when a uh, new stuff's coming out and uh, always in pursuit. It's available on any podcast platform you use. Awesome, man. Well, if not before, for another reason, maybe review a book or something, you know, next spring or when you're done with it, we'll get you back on and, and dig through your book. Here yeah, absolutely. That's exciting. I, That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I appreciate you having me on. I appreciate everything you're doing, Dale. You, you're doing amazing things and you're getting the word out and you're you're offering a service to people that, uh, that people are needing. You know, they need direction, they need motivation and they need purpose. And Lions Guy does that. And you're obviously the, the man leading that charge and you're doing amazing things and I appreciate it. But you're also at the same time, not scared to humble yourself and go, Hey, I need some coaching. I need some mentorship too. You know, with the, the muster conference that you just actually attend with echelon front, that's just a testament to it that, Hey, you don't have everything figured out and you're going to throw yourself in the fray as kind of the training audience, you know, so that you can get better too. And there's not a lot of people doing that, man. And I applaud you for it. Yeah. Thank you. No, I appreciate it. And I appreciate you coming on. And that's it. That's the moral of the story, right? We're all soldiers in the good fight, but, but we're growing too. It's, it's, it's like, say we're reaching back, trying to help the next one up and share the wealth. And, and because it's the, it's, it is, it's what people need to hear from you and your leadership knowledge and your perspective, like you said. So, because it's going to resonate with someone, someone's going to hear your podcast, they hear your message and, and they are obviously hearing it. And, um, that's we got to be doing this like we've got to be talking real honest authentic so we can all just keep moving forward you know get out you know this this uh these shadows of social medias and everyone's stupid highlight reel and everyone's got it all figured out they're perfect all this nonsense you know we got to be real with one another so we can so we can grow you know so we're all growing we just gotta keep growing man so no i I appreciate you coming on and and bearing with our technical issues today hopefully this uh, (laughs) this whole thing comes together (laughs) but it's tech man it's tech but uh Dude, thank you so much for coming on. I definitely want to do it again. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hey, you know, maybe someday we will do a lion's guide to always doing hard things. Yeah. <laughs> I just came up with that. I literally just came up with that. Lion's guide to always being in pursuit, doing hard things. <laughs> I guess I guess we could use all the words. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shout out to Jake Teagues. All yeah. right, man. Well, thanks again. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks again, Dale.